0: A good Show, the podcast helping you answer one of the most daunting questions in television. What am I watching next? I'm Brandon Sharp. And I'm Anthony Mako. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the American crime drama Ozark, which aired on Netflix in July of 2017. This dark and suspenseful series follows the quick-talking Marty Bird played by Jason Bateman, and his family as they relocate to the Lake of the Ozarks to launder money for a Mexican drug cartel. Ozark has been wildly popular since its inception and has been able to maintain that popularity through the premiere of its fourth season in January of this year, which amassed 77 million hours viewed in its first three days. It is also a critical juggernaut having received 32 Primetime Emmy nominations that include two wins for Outstanding Acting by supporting actress Julia Garner and a directorial win for Jason Bateman. This is a show that Anthony and I have watched from the edge of our seats since the very beginning and one that we will be sad to see depart with its final installment set to arrive in the coming months. So Anthony, we've been watching Ozark for a handful of years now. Yeah, I feel like this was uh, one of the shows
1: I hopped on, right? Like I I was uh, bleeding edge of Ozark.
0: I remember the conversation we had about Jason Bateman specifically because we were both fans and we were like, Is he doing a good Bateman or is he playing a character? Like, is it, you know, just Bateman doing Bateman? And I, I remember very specifically saying like, this might be Bateman at his best. Yeah, You know, like if I'm remembering all his other roles, this might be uh, my favorite of those. Do you remember what else other than maybe Jason Bateman drew you in about um, Ozark in the beginning? maybe even after you started the show.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, first thing I'd like to say is about what you just said right there. And I was thinking about this today specifically, uh, sort of continuing our, our, our thoughts about Jason Bateman and making this transition from comedy to this show. I think what's really interesting about what he did was it's almost like actors like Bateman... Who are very dry, like straight man comedians have this one shot to come into a series like this and play the character exactly the same. And one of the reasons it keeps us in such suspense is because we're waiting for the joke to occur because he's acting exactly like he always has acted. Yes. And then and then the joke ne- just never drops. Right. And, so, and it kind of puts us off. And that's not to say that he's not I like like you said I don't think he's a one trick pony. I think he's doing an incredible job, but it was almost like this was made for this role was made for him because the entire time we'll talk a little bit more about his attitude in the show, but like the, the entire time you're waiting for him to sort of either wink or you know like be like make a dry joke and he just never does for 4 years he's never made one or you know whatever. Another thing I think that grabbed me about the show right away and kind of Uh, made me stick with it is um there's there's a lot of jokes out there about how this show is like very blue like literally like (laughs) the the color of the show is blue yeah um but there is sort of a mood to the show that like uh, it's almost like it's not just watching it's not the content of the show that puts you in a mood only it's also like viewing the screen in this way sort of sucks you in like a rainy day and alters your attitude in a way that you're like glued to the show
0: yeah. I remember some of the first viewing I did of this show, and it really um, was jarring. That's the only way I can yeah. put it. it. It really caught me off guard, just how like abrasive some of the opening scenes were. And I agree, I was looking for the joke from Bateman. I was looking for the, the tee-up, and it never comes. It's It's a show that you shouldn't expect to laugh in or you know laugh um while you're watching it's just mm-hmm. there's not a, a whole lot of humor it's a very heavy show and um it was very interesting to me how the show just kind of hangs hangs heavy in the air when you're watching it i even like stutter stepped before i started the most recent season because i was like okay am i yeah. mentally prepared for this i just feel like you have to be in a certain headspace to start ozark but once you're in it's like you can't stop like it is it is just so engaging and compelling i mean that's the the best way to describe it
1: yeah and uh I, we could so i think uh sort of juxtapose it against like we I don't know when it'll release, but we recently recorded an episode on Cobra Kai and, and talked quickly about how that like is a, is a show you pop on. It's sort of candy like, and uh, it can be on in the background. And this is the exact (laughs) opposite. It's like buckle up. You're not going to pay attention to anything else. You Um, may not blink. Yeah. It's intense. It's, it's the exact opposite of that type of show.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts on how you would classify this show as we like to classify shows where would you kind of put it in the television hierarchy i'm going to say premium drama i think yeah. obviously um but i think some of these
1: shows that are sort of filmed on location outside this one i think is filmed in uh, georgia uh and so it's yes. meant to look like the ozarks I'm sure it has a plenty of big of a budget, but it doesn't need as big of a budget because everything's already kind of looking the way it needs to look. Mm-hmm. Still, the, the quality of the show, I would still put up at premium
0: drama level, I'd say. I think also including actors like Laura Linney, Jason mm-hmm. Bateman, yeah, 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 that yeah. adds to the premiumness of the show. But I also like how, you know, just because it's on Netflix doesn't mean it's going to be a premium drama or like a premium sitcom. They have started filming things in different ways and they do all sorts of shows now. So um, I, yes, I would agree though. This is, this is a premium drama. It looks like it could be on HBO. It looks like yeah. it could be on Showtime. It's, it's a great show, a great looking show. Also,
1: I'm going to say uh, also another thing. Uh, it's so funny that I'm on the blue theme, but um, <laughs> I didn't mean to be. One thing I appreciate about that is that there's this new theme in shows to be in, I don't know if you remember the game of Thrones episode where you couldn't see anything the entire episode. Like it was so dark. Yeah. Uh, So it annoys me a lot. It annoys me a lot how dark shows are shot. But what I think, I think Ozark does well is it's not as dark because it's color. it's blue. It's Mm -hmm. not actually blue. I just don't know what, you know, what that is called, but They're able to still have a lot of light in the shot, but give you the same mood as these other shows are trying, in my opinion, unsuccessfully. Uh, So I really like
0: that. And this is going to sound like a real first world problem here but i'm still watching on a plasma and they have those (laughs) shiny yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: it's like those glass uh uh, surface and if you have any light in a room it gets reflective yeah and if the show's too dark you might as well just switch shows and find something else and watch that later but yeah it's uh it's a very unique tone to the show i agree I was also thinking about you. Uh, at one point, you described the premium drama
1: like uh, well, some of that was funding, but you described it like a movie, basically movie movie turned to TV. And um, as you just mentioned, Netflix just now, I think that's a whole that's a whole new thing. Basically, one of the ways that Ozark is able to keep its intensity up is there's no commercials. Imagine if there was a commercial mm-hmm. all of a sudden oh. in the middle of Ozark, it would kill it. Like you couldn't probably have this show wouldn't translate to a Network channel, because it, it right. if you broke that tension, I don't know what would happen.
0: And I think that's why you see a lot more of the, um, like episodic shows on network. Yeah. You know, the, the stuff where there's a, a beginning, a middle conclusion, every single episode yeah and a lot more of these like serial, like one overarching theme through the whole, the whole show, but just broken up into 10 segments is because it, they are, you know, start finish, no commercials, no breaks. Yeah, I think it would ruin the show. And honestly, if this if this was on Hulu, you'd have to upgrade or something. Like you yeah. couldn't have one of the lower packages. Hulu, Peacock, whatever, other ones do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you would have to make sure you got one of the premium packages because it is it yeah, it would be very hard to watch a show like this with commercials. Let's talk about actors for a minute. Lots of standout options here. I almost would be interested to hear who you think maybe isn't up to snuff because uh, there's so many good ones. Everyone's really pulling their weight. I feel like anyone doesn't sit right with you. um, No, not really. I mean, I, I I, and I
1: literally tried pretty hard to come up with somebody to be grumpy about.
0: Now this show has so many,
1: not to, to over stereotype, but it's set in the Ozarks. It has so mm -hmm. many quirky, weird things. Quirky is sort of a fun word, which is not appropriate, but some very odd things going on, and there's some very odd people in the show that are sort of off-putting. And really, honestly, in those cases, it's just like even if I don't like the person, that probably means the actor is doing an even better job doing yeah. what they're doing. I, I nobody stands out
0: to me as not not very good in this show. So the Ozarks, from what I understand, are is a pretty unique area because it's yeah. there's plenty of money there. It's like vacation homes and in ba- boats, but there's also more of a low income area too, which is pretty common. I feel like in places where um, vacationers kind of swarm during certain parts of the year, I feel like you hear about the places where money and low income kind of come together, you know, so I do feel like you have a lot of actors playing and I don't want to use a derogatory term here, but they're they're kind of uh, appellation, if you will. And, um, some of the actors playing the the townsfolk are the ones I like the best. I think Yeah. The girl who has won uh Julia Garner, who has won yeah, Ruth two Emmys for her performances. I mean, if and if you've heard her talk in like an interview or something, she is nothing like what she's playing on screen and she just is insanely good. She's insanely
1: good, and she's probably my favorite character
0: on the she show. Might too. be the best character. I mean Obviously, I've got a soft spot for Jason Bateman, but if he's number one, she's like a very, very close second, yeah. you know, beating down his door. She's so great. Laura Linney is fantastic. Laura's character, Wendy, has one of the most interesting arcs of all the characters. I think she makes a pretty big transformation, um, season three, somewhere around in there. Yeah, Jason Bateman's character, uh, Marty, I would say... It, stays pretty steady right as as a like his character stays pretty steady Um, but wendy really like starts blowing the doors off the place you have lots of good characters in this show it's a familiar theme
1: going on in the show so bateman is playing a character who is involved with uh, the drug cartel yeah and he has been doing this for a long time when the show yes. starts, you know, this from the very beginning, it's not yes. ruining anything for you. And so a lot of the show for the other characters is <laughs> finding out how they end up coping with finding this out. Um, but, and so just the way you just described it right there, it's like most of the people we're watching like transform in some way, but Bateman yes. has been this way for a, quite a while. And so he doesn't have much to transform. He's made his decision and he's kind of going that direction. And you know, if I were going to pick somebody who. Um, I didn't like that much. it be Wendy, but it's honestly one of those situations where I'm like, I think Wendy just annoys me the way she reacts to certain things, but mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's wrong. like, I think it's probably correct how she's reacting. So it's certainly, yeah. it's certainly not a dig on the actress. It's, it's, uh, just the character bothers me sometimes, but in a good, in an appropriate way.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you really see a lot of that happen more so in the later seasons. Yeah. Where she realizes that she's gotta start defending herself. She's gotta start carving her own path. She can't rely on Marty all the time. She has to figure this out for herself. So you really, I feel like, see her take a, you know, a front row seat in some of these more important decisions with her family. And it's I think it's pretty compelling. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The family dynamics is something that is Always kind of up in the air, bouncing around. Yeah. And we can kind of get into story a little bit here and, you know, some of the different decisions uh, that the writers have made. One thing that is, it's not a spoiler. It happens really early, but this is one of the few shows, like if you think of a show like Dexter or Breaking Bad, you know, the whole idea with uh, those anti-heroes was that they had a secret and it was all about keeping the secret. And it was all about protecting everyone else or or maybe just not getting caught.
1: There's like a right, righteous reason they're doing what
0: they're doing, allegedly, in the beginning. Yeah. Sure. And maybe Dexter's not a great uh, example no, of that. No, but he to- b- well, he totally thought he was. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, we can debate that another time. Not but that, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, with this, everyone in the family knows they share the secret with the kids. And this is a very unique situation or story in which you get to see how everyone kind of responds and evolves with the secret. Yeah. I think that's one thing that makes this show unique.
1: Yeah. And at times I think it it drifts perhaps into Unbelievable for me. Yeah. Obviously, I'm still pretty enthusiastic about the show so it's not it hasn't drifted so far to make me stop and maybe it's because of the amount of these types of shows but it's like I don't know how much I buy the PTSD related to the abuser idea where the you stick around forever like breaking bad <laughs> this is this isn't the breaking bad episode but I was like Pinkman's would have left a long time ago I think like I understand he might have stuck around for a while but he would have left a long time ago and there's yeah. a little bit of that in this show where I'm just like how is nobody Secrets don't stay secret in this sort of situation. So like, how has nobody stepped up, but maybe
0: more than any other show, they do a pretty good job explaining that. How do you feel like this show does with conflict? There is nothing, if not a lot of conflict, a lot of problems.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, this show is like the, the show to represent passive aggressiveness, like across the board. It's like, do as little as possible to stay safe or alive, blah, blah, blah. Be calm. Be even keel. Use your head. There's not as much revenge as you might expect. It's logical, which is interesting. It's it's funny how being less emotional about these decisions is very compelling because yeah it actually makes the whole thing more believable that it continues this long. I think, Yeah. I know I just said, it doesn't sort of <laughs> in a different breath. I said it was somewhat unbelievable, but it's actually the rationalism where it's like, Oh, okay. It's like, uh, as long as you stay calm, you could potentially work your way out of a certain conflict. And so I think it does one of the better jobs of that because it's not exploiting emotions or uh, like right. blowing it out of proportion for the sake of a climax
0: in an episode. It's like, man, it stays pretty even keel. That is Marty's superpower.
1: Being able to think on his feet
0: when sweat is dripping down his brow. You know, we see the first example of that right out of the chute. And he is such a compelling character because of his ability to just think his way out of situations. I've sometimes wondered what his motivation is there or like
1: what keeps him even keel about these sorts of things is he like is it like nihilism does he not care about anybody around him or because you would think if he cared about his family he would be more flummoxed by conflict i mean obviously it's a show they can do whatever they want but then i'm like is it does that make sense that he's that calm about everything
0: i mean in that opening scene or whatever it is the one of the first few scenes we see really feels just like a survival instinct
1: Yeah, yeah yeah but he doesn't fight or flight he just kind of like sits there
0: like that is his response to. So is not- he a psychopath? I don't. I mean, that's a great question. That's Th- that.
1: That's what I mean. Is like I. I don't. I don't have enough information to know. Like it'd be cool to know. Like oh, he's he's got a mental disorder. <laughs> so that's, that's why he doesn't get upset. Uh, but, I, but I don't know the reason he doesn't get upset because in most of these situations, one would get upset. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a
0: great. That's a great question. But it leads to some of the best television mm-hmm. I've I've ever seen. <laughs> So one thing about Ozark is it's a very violent show. It's very gritty, very raw. Do violence ever feel gratuitous to you at all? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's it's also a, a very some of the scenes are very cold nature, just like the yeah. how quickly decisions are made to end someone's life or yeah. um just kind of inhumane in some ways. Does that ever start to wear on you at all?
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a discussion for in a second here, or like how this affects your mood. It's like a different, it's a whole nother ball of wax. But I do think yes, oftentimes this show feels feels gratuitous. And actually, now that you mentioned that, I think I'll have several points tonight where I'll talk about vulgarity in different levels. Does not bother me when I watch a television show. So when I like when you listen to this podcast and you hear me talk about recommendations for things, we I think we'll both try and give you a heads up, but. Uh, like language there, uh, there's like almost no language that could possibly bother me and, uh, violence. I sometimes I'm like, well, that was unnecessary, but it's not like I'm going to shut the show off. I have a low threshold for like, oh, that's inappropriate. I got to shut that off. But this show does push the boundaries a lot for me. Yeah. And when you're already in the headspace of that, this show puts you in like sort of dark and and down, those things can be a lot to handle. When you're watching, as opposed to like, well, we we just saw Jackass last weekend, so like that's a different that's a different kind of vulgarity. Don't, don't tell people that, man. Why not? <laughs> Why not?
0: It's just don't drag me into <laughs> it.
1: Well, you were there, so like uh, that's a whole different thing. Like the headspace you're in when you witness that sort of vulgarity is is yeah. a is a whole different thing because when you're in the mood, you're in feeling dark, feeling the emotions. It hits you different in this show. But you did say, you mentioned like how quick decisions were made. I love that about this show. There's not exposition when like, there's not a big long speech before someone gets killed. It's, uh, it's just like, nope, this is what needs to happen. It happens now. And it even has before somebody has time to think about. And that part of it feels more real for me.
0: Yeah. There are, there have been so many times while watching the show when I've just been like, whoa, yeah, like
1: what just happened?
0: Yeah. It really does catch you off guard i'll agree i would maybe prefer not to see those things coming from a mile away if they're going to happen this goes back to what i was saying when we first started talking takes me a little bit to get into the headspace uh, i need to be in to watch this show yeah it's it's i almost need to be guarded when i watch it because you know i i got kids walking around the house now you yeah. know if uh, one of them gets out of bed because i gotta go to the bathroom i gotta you know, I just got to be on guard when I watch the show. It's just, it's very abrasive, very in your face. Really have no idea, you know, what could be right around the corner.
1: I think it also affects your this. Uh, it affects your mood so much that you literally, probably not to a huge extent, but you have to be careful how you react to things after you've watched the show. You almost feel like guilty like you've been doing these actions that you've been watching other people do or like you tend to react quickly and hot what you know Mm -hmm. in in a in an argument or you're driving down the road somebody cuts you off you might have a little more like it it affects you on such a cellular level that it really might affect how you how you interact in the world this is one of those shows where i would leave it being much more pessimistic pessimistic about society yep house of cards yeah, 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 yeah. It's one of those. And it's mm-hmm. entirely not real, but it still affects how I view humanity.
0: Absolutely. Like every time I watch The Sopranos, I want to go out and make pasta sauce. I mean, it just really- <laughs> <Gobble-gool>. affects <laughs> affects. No, but in the same way, I just got done watching The Sopranos start to finish. And in the same way, it really does affect- how you might react to something. It's that's absolutely true. Tony Soprano flies off the handle. And it's just like in this, in this same way, just like the quick, uh, really snappy decisions to things where it's probably better, you know, as humans, if we're a little more calculated, slow to anger, you know, we yeah. use our heads a little bit. And this one's not going to cause you like in Sopranos it's not going to cause you, cause you to grab a baseball bat and
1: be ready to throw yes. down. But I think it will make you be more cold hearted in your reactions to things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't think of an example, but like the dog vomits and you look at your spouse and you're like, you clean it up. what You know, whatever, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know.
0: (laughs) I mean, I guess that's... (laughs) All that being said, at what point does an anti-hero become a villain? So much violence, so many decisions made, all under the guise of, you know, for the good of the family. And at what point is is it just too much? Like, you can't come back from this. You are a villain.
1: Yeah, I think because I'm trained in these shows at this point, like we've mentioned how many of them there are now, because I'm trained in these shows, I have a shorter leash for when that happens. So I'm I'm quicker to just be like, oh, they're the villain now. What has become interesting in Ozark without saying too much is there are some circles going on where probably earlier on I would have felt like Marty had already become a villain and I didn't have much sympathy for him. And then, and some other people were victims of Marty. And then Marty has sent like in season four, sort of come back around to being more sympathetic for me. And some other people like Wendy have become yeah. more villainous. Yeah. They're, they're full villain. And Mar- Marty is like the victim of that now, even though he's the one that started it, that is the way that this show plays with that a little bit better than some of the other shows do where uh, like in Breaking Bad, I'm like, yeah, he's bad. I, I don't feel bad for Walter White. He's right. a bad guy. And yeah. in this situation, it circles around a little bit better.
0: And I think, like I was saying before, this is one of the few instances where um, the kids know about the the secret too. So you get to see how it affects them and the steps and the choices and decisions they make based on the information that they know. And, you know, the kids start down two very different paths and you really start to see that in, in this most recent season. And I think that's pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. And I mean, compared to like a, a Sopranos where the kids know nothing literally all the way up through the whole thing. Yeah. And they're oblivious. I think it's uh, much more, much more compelling to see the decisions and kind of uh, how the kids turn out based on the, the information.
1: It's probably worth mentioning, too, uh, we just haven't said this to this point, if, you, if you're if you not totally aware, there are only four seasons of Ozark, so this show yeah. is ending, but the way they are releasing the last season is very interesting, so season four is half released at this point, and uh, so, like, Brandon and I are current to that, but there's another half of season four coming out still.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was a little bit of a showdown between the showrunners and Netflix, and uh, Netflix wanted four seasons. Uh, the showrunners wanted five, so they um, came up with a compromise of a two-part fourth season, uh, each part having seven episodes. So,
1: and I'm pretty sure part of the whole point of that is that the second half of season four is going to come pretty quick. Not well, relatively quickly. I believe it's already done. Oh, that'd be great if it was. I, th- I didn't I,
0: know. There's no information.
1: Yeah, right. I th- I think uh, I, I listened to Smart List, which is B- Bateman's podcast. <sighs> And I believe he's already talked about being done with Ozark. like okay, he, he's go. finished with ozark and and I think I heard at one point that basically everything's done, and the second half will come pretty quickly because
0: of that. I guess if you know there is information out there, it's just I think Netflix hasn't released any information, so right. Yeah, it's it's sneaking around out there somewhere. You know, I brought
1: this up before the episode too. I was very confused about Bateman's. This is just kind of a side information thing, but I was very confused about Bateman's relationship to this show. At first, I thought that he like held the hands of whoever thought he took it to Netflix, and yeah. sort of like a Jason Sudeikis with Ted Lasso sort of deal. Uh, and somehow he was involved in the creation of the show and the writing and and apparently. The most he does is direct and then act which is enough. I'm, you know, I don't care, but, um, do you understand what Bateman's relationship is to the show? Is, am I?
0: No, I think he gets like a EP credit or something. Sure. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm sure he has a lot of say in the, the show running, but it wasn't my understanding that a head it, He didn't have anything to do with maybe the initial creation of the show.
1: So it is worth noting though, on in that regard that this was, it wasn't the first thing that Bateman directed. Cause I think he did some arrested development maybe, but it's sort of his sort of a directing uh, faux debut where he's kind of broken out because he directed several of the first season episodes hasn't directed a lot since but um, he's getting his directing feet under him and they're good feet he does an Emmy for it yeah he does a really really good job with it
0: So we've reached that point in the show when you and I are going to pitch a show to each other that we should be watching yes. that we're currently not watching. Yes. So why don't you go first? What, okay. what do I need to be watching that I'm not? This is uh, one of
1: my favorite shows of the last like five years okay. and um, blew my mind. It's called Fleabag. All right. I'm familiar. Yes, you are. Okay. I am familiar with Fleabag. It's on Amazon Prime, right? I don't even know. It is. Okay. It yeah. is on Amazon Prime is what it's on. It is Phoebe Waller-Bridges, and uh-huh. you may know, you may have heard of her because she just was blown up by sort of this show, but then I've actually seen, like, I think everything she's done. She also wrote Killing Eve, which is a whole different conversation. Pretty good show. But anyway, now the thing about Fleabag is it takes on these these very serious topics, but she is hilarious, and she is she is pretty vulgar. Uh, Vulgar in a way that doesn't bother me at all. Also (laughs) vulgar. What's, what's interesting. What's most interesting about this show. She's vulgar in a way that if it were a male doing it, you wouldn't be bothered. There you go. Interesting. Just like even like genitalia jokes you or I wouldn't think anything about the jokes if it were from a male perspective. So I, that, I was thinking about that during the show a ton where it'd be like, when I say I'm not bothered by vulgarity, it's not like some of the stuff she says isn't like, whoa, uh, make me feel weird. Um, but then every time I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So I also want to say there's two seasons. Um, it's, it's just so funny. It's hilarious, but it's very like dark, uh, not very dark, but pretty dark humor, inappropriate humor. Um, And then has a very good plot that runs throughout season two is my favorite. And I'm not going to tell you exactly why, except that it to some extent takes on religion. And it like is one of my favorite presentations of religion. Uh, like not it's not even purely skeptical. It is like, it's just sort of a, yeah, I can't even describe why it's so interesting, but so I would say
0: definitely check out Fleabag ASAP. All right. Well, my choice is, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you actually may not be anymore. Are you a hunter? Uh, uh I know for sure at one point you were, I so have that's a, why I'm asking. Yeah, I was at one point. I haven't
1: been in a long time. Some of that's because I went and got a master's degree and I didn't have any time. And then okay. I was sort of like, well, you want to get into the morality of it, I, I, I can, guess, I, yeah, I'm, sort I'm just of, asking yeah. if you yes. have an
0: ethical, moral disparity with no. hunting. No, you no, I don't. You, you have no problem with hunting? No. Okay. Not at all. No. Okay. After all that craziness, um, there's a show called meat eater on Netflix.
1: Well, hold on. Do you understand the trouble I'm going to get in? If I haven't been hunting in five years and then I say, yes, I'm a hunter. Like all the hunters are going to be
0: like, what a poser. I I was not asking, I want to start this over. I want to start this whole thing over. I really like it. (laughs) I was not asking if you had been hunting recently. What I really wanted to know was if you had a problem with hunting people who hunt. Yes. And since you don't, Um, I think you should watch meat eater. Okay. Uh, One thing I remember about our conversation about Yellowstone and all the vistas and beautifulness of the Yellowstone and you love outdoor scenery and just the landscapes. This is jam packed full of that. What's this Um, on? It's on Netflix. Okay. And some of it's on Netflix. It um, has a pretty extensive library of episodes and netflix usually only keeps like the most recent on there so they roll they roll off you can find them other places but they're uh, they're actually now that i say that they're they have been putting all of them on youtube for free so pretty much what's not on a net what's not on netflix is on youtube for free interesting um yeah so the guy's name is steven ranella he started pretty small but he's got a a big organization now and they do a lot with like conservation and animal rights and you know treating animals humanely and he's on the up and up with all of the rules and regulations and the the parks and forestry and the fishing game and every like he does everything the right way yeah i love it yeah yeah it's it's really um it's really great i think the one thing that i like is his viewpoints on if you know he goes, I don't really know how to convince you that hunting's okay if you don't eat meat. I mean, if you're a vegetarian, right? Yeah, totally fine. Yeah, I don't. I I'm never going to convince you that hunting's yeah okay. If you do eat meat, though, there there is absolutely no reason why you shouldn't be involved in every process from start to finish of the meat that you're going to eat. I mean, that's and, funny. That's that is you just
1: that's how I would have answered the question. That's my exact you, perspective. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, so you would love, you would yeah. absolutely love this show. He's, he's very vocal, very um, out front about all this. He's very respectful of the animal. And yeah, he just, he hunts a lot of cool stuff. He goes to a lot of cool places. He has a team with him. I think you would love it.
1: Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely check that out. Sounds awesome.
0: Anything else you're excited about that you're watching? Um, kind of aside from our main pitches here, any other? I did see that during the Super Bowl. The uh, Lord of the Rings prequel series, Rings of Power. Yeah. They they uh, showed the uh, first trailer for yeah. it, and I'm really excited about that. That looks cool.
1: I saw it's. I'm just very nervous about that show in general, but it's only because I love the Lord of the Rings, and so I'm oh, just yeah. I'm afraid of what might happen. But I'll certainly watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I saw that. That was great. Um, yeah, I did check out. Uh, we sort of wanted to do quick reactions to things in case there was something newer that might be worth checking out. I did watch all of the girl across the street from the girl in the window, which is Kristen (laughs) Bell's new show. And Brandon also watched it. Uh, We kind of quickly did that. I'm going to say that's a go ahead and check that out. It's it's pretty interesting. It's one of the more interesting shows. um, And I do think it's worth knowing ahead of time that it's sort of satirizing these books and shows like gone girl and the girl on the train and like the, like the title yeah. sort of is making yes. fun of it. Uh, it does it in such an interesting way that I, like, I, I'm not even sure how I feel about it yet, but the satirizing isn't just like, um, I can't remember the names of the movies from when I was in college, but the ones making fun of scream and the ones making fun like the, all,
0: all those, Oh, uh, not another teen movie. Yes. It's not, those. it's not that it's not a parody. Or, yes. It's um, not a par-
1: Yeah. So that's what, that's why I sort of liked it. Cause it wasn't like that. So it's, you're very, you're kind of, it's actually also suspenseful, even though, you know, it's, it's satire. So, uh, yeah, it's worth checking out is what I'm saying. But then I also wanted the chance to say, I started watching Pam and Tommy on Hulu which is the story of Tommy Lee and, and Pamela Anderson. Right. I, that is a do not check it out. It's not, I. It's, uh, to be fair, there's two episodes I haven't seen because they're not out yet, but it's a do not check it out. Don't watch. Get ready. If you're really into it, I'm going to spoil it right now. <laughs> First of all, you know what happens. It's basically the story of the release sex tape between them. And Pamela- Even t-
0: with- Even with Seth Rogen in it, everyone loves Seth. I know
1: I love Seth Rogen too. And there's nothing wrong with Seth Rogen in the show. Here's my problem with the show. It is a long way of saying Pamela got screwed over in this whole thing. And nobody thought about her feelings. She did get screwed over in this whole thing. It was an absolute travesty. What happened to her? Basically. Basically. The sex tape had nothing to do with her. It wasn't her fault. It was, she got screwed over. Tommy Lee also sort of got screwed over. Now that you know that, you don't need to watch this show. And you don't need to watch all of a sudden not knowing the uh, animated genitalia that comes on for five minutes. In the, in the middle of a Hulu show, male genitalia. It's ridiculous. Ooh. And I, like, I, like I've said several times, I'm not bothered by vulgarity very much. Is completely unnecessary. He didn't serve the plot. And I think the reason I'm upset with this show is because this was like, we're now getting into, well, the super bowl show is a great example. Like we're getting into like nostalgia factor, my childhood. Hey, remember when this happened? Remember when Dr. Dre and Snoop dog wrapped together, blah, blah, yep. blah. Okay. So like Pam, Tommy Lee, I remember all that happening when I was in high, in like middle school or high school or something like that. I, this, all this, everything that happens in the show is my wonder years. Like that's when this happened. (laughs) It's really trying to suck me in and the, what the story they're at least trying to tell so far is not interesting enough for me to care. And they sort of trick me into it and it's just not, it's, it's over the top. Uh, And we can have a separate discussion about like, I'm not bothered by some nudity in shows and some of it serves it, but also like, why do you have to do that to me? Why do I have to sit down? Like you said, why do I have to sit in my basement and watch a show by myself? So nobody accidentally walks in the room. Like I'm not watching it for that purpose anyway. So why can't you tell me a story without me having to be super careful about what happens? I don't understand
0: that. It always is just better when I'm watching a show that, I don't have, I don't have to like wonder if my kids are going to come flying in. It is just always better that way for some reason.
1: Yeah. And I don't watch many shows like that. So that does stay. No, but
0: but every now and then there'll be a show that, and and sometimes even like something I'm, you know, I'm just committed now because I've watched four or five daggone seasons and it's like, well, I'm going to finish now. Yeah. And it's like, can this hurry up and end as quickly as possible so I can, anyway, that's neither here nor there. I know, but even like, I, I'll tend to put a,
1: I'll put a, sh- I'll put shows on at weird times. I'll put shows on sometimes when I'm getting work done. If I'm doing a mindless task at work, yeah. I'll put a show on. Yeah. So why can't I put a show on like whenever I want and not have to worry about who might walk in to the room? Like, you don't want to be doing that. Like, uh,
0: well, I watch West Wing a lot while I work. Ooh. I don't have to worry about that. Nope. Nope. Cause that's as wholesome as a white as snow. Perfect. It's just a, what a perfect show. Yeah. There it is. There's our little (laughs) sprinkle of West Wing for you haters.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Good Show. If you'd like to continue the discussion, please search for our Good Show group on Facebook. See you next time.